This morning from the book of Acts, chapter 1. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Bersabbas, who was also known as Justice and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of God for the people of God. Judas is a failed leader, I think. I believe he misunderstood some of the key commitments of Jesus, particularly to nonviolence. I believe Judas believed that if he could press Jesus, that somehow he was going to lead a rebellion, a militaristic, armed, guerrilla warfare kind of rebellion against the Roman occupiers. He put Jesus in the position. Jesus did not lead that kind of rebellion. Judas did not understand, and Judas dies. But it leaves only 11 apostles, and they want 12. They need 12. That's how many Jesus had selection. There's 12 tribes of Israel. 12 was the number for a legitimate group of men, of disciples in the Jewish tradition, so they want 12. They state that the number one criteria the new leader needs is firsthand knowledge of who Jesus is. In verse 21, we heard it. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, it has to be one who's been with us, who's been there every step of the way, who observed Jesus' earthly ministry, but was also there during the resurrection and the appearances of the risen Christ. That is the qualification. That's the first criteria. But I find a sub-point here about leadership that we need to note. It is the importance of presence of being present, of showing up. If you're going to be a leader in any organization, you have to be willing to show up and do the work. I remember early in my ministry, I was overcommitted. I'd been appointed here as an associate pastor. Lots of opportunities came my way because of that. All of a sudden, people in the interfaith community were asking me to lead. I was invited to be on the board of the Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Society, 
our district of the United Methodist Church, our conference of the United Methodist Church, offering me opportunities to lead. I wanted to help. I was glad to serve. I was going to the meetings. And all of a sudden, they started asking me to do this responsibility and that responsibility. And I found myself really overcommitted. I went to see Dr. Biggs and said, I've got too much on my plate. He said, you're learning the lesson that 90% of being nominated to the lead is showing up. Maybe you show up too often. <laughs> I'm still working on that. I'm still probably a little overcommitted. But so often, people won't even show up. If you talk to leaders in about any volunteer organization about how it's going with their volunteers, you will hear a similar theme. They will say it can be really difficult to find people who will show up consistently and do the work, to actually follow through on their commitments. It's really hard to find people who will be present consistently time in and time out. Peter and the early church, this is the early church we're reading about. These 11 apostles and the other 100 plus that have gathered with them are making decisions that are going to shape and form the church as it goes forward. And they need a new leader. They need one more person they can count on. It is true in every generation of the church we need reliable leaders. We need people who will show up. We need people who have experienced Christ alive in their lives and will bring their passion and their skill and their talents to bear on the task at hand. So they say right off, number one, the qualification is it has to be someone who's been with us every step of the way, one who's seen all that has happened and all that God has done through Jesus Christ. Second, the identified candidates from the group, they took nominations, if you will. It simply says they proposed two, and then they tell us the names. Well, at Boston Avenue, we propose more than two every year. Our lay leadership and nomination committee gets together. We have to nominate hundreds of people to get all the work we want to do here done. We're trying to do all that we believe God is leading us to do, and we need lots of leaders to make that happen. We're looking for people who will show up and who will do the work, who can get along. Conflict among leadership makes it difficult for organizations to survive. Synergy among leaders helps organizations thrive. So we're looking for leaders who will come and work together. So we nominate hundreds of people across all the age levels. We have people working with the youngest babies to the elementary school, the middle school, the high school students, all across the age span for adults and across so many different ministry areas. We're involved in such a wide variety of teaching and learning and serving and going here and there and working all in the name of Christ. If you just think about Sunday morning, how many people it takes. We have someone 
driving the cart in the parking lot to bring people to the building who need some help. Then we have greeters at every door that you're coming into the building through. Then we have people here in the sanctuary who are handing you bulletins or taking up the offering. Of course, we have the choir and the liturgists and the preachers all bringing their skills. But then during other hours on Sunday morning, we have classrooms that are full of people of all ages so we need greeters there and teachers and curriculum coordinators and donut distributors really important all helping us do the work of God in Christ when we come together so leadership is a key component thank you Boston Avenue leaders for those of you who when you're called upon are willing to Stand up and step up and be present and open yourself to God's leading and help lead God's church forward. Third, the passage tells us that they prayed in verse 24. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry. It's remarkable to me how much confidence they show in God when they're turning this decision of who's going to be number 12, who's going to be one of these key leaders, and they pray to God and say, show us the one you have chosen. They understand they're not doing this alone. They're opening themselves to God's leading. Show us the one, O oh God. And it's a kind of confidence that believes that, of course, God is involved. Of course, God is raising up leaders. Of course, God has prepared someone to take this place among this leadership group of 12. They're praying as a matter of how they live, it's sort of part and parcel of how they do everything. These are not people who are just waiting for a crisis and then calling on God to help. These are people who are in a conversation with God throughout their lives. When we read through the book of Acts, chapter 2 describes this in more detail about what the apostles were doing. And one of the things it says is that they are devoted to prayer. They're devoted to this conversation with God. They're devoted to listening for God and speaking to God. They're trying to increase their ability to understand what God is doing. Remember, they've been thrown off track with this whole idea of Christ being raised from the dead and then them being filled with fear and in hiding. And now they realize, oh, God has raised Jesus from the dead. And they're becoming bold witnesses. But they're also trying to determine how do we function as a group? How do we proclaim this witness? How do we do what God wants us to do without Jesus here in the flesh every moment of every day? How about you? Are you devoted to this conversation with God? Is your life devoted to prayer? Do you carve out time in an ongoing way to talk to God and to listen for God? It's such an important part of our life and our life together to be people of prayer, to be devoted to prayer. 
fairly early on in my life, even when I was a teenager, I started journaling in terms of my devotional life. And what I've discovered when I look back across the years is I think of myself as a good prayer, a consistent person committed to prayer. But you know what my journal indicates? Not quite as consistent as I would think. I miss a day here or there, sometimes two or three days, in some seasons a week. But prayer is such an important part of our lives. Of course, we're talking with God and we're asking God for help. But the most important thing that prayer is doing in our lives is changing us. It's putting us in a position to be molded by God, to be shaped and formed evermore into the image of Christ. It's our lifelong commitment as a Christian to open ourselves to God's Spirit being in ministry with our spirit, allowing God to mold and shape our hearts, to burn away and take away our sin and to Fill us with God's love and God's spirit and God's power so that we might be witnesses in the world to what we've come to know that God is doing in Christ. So when we begin to look for leaders, oh, if it's something in the music department, we want someone with some musical skill. But really, we're also looking for passion. For a willingness to let God use us in whatever way God will. Whether it's to lead a committee or to look over the finances or to teach the children or drive the bus. We're looking for leaders who are open to God's spirit working in their life. So that when we're working together, we can be better at hearing God and following God. And leading the church as God would have us lead the church. Just not what I think or what you think, but together discern through prayer. Where does God want us to go? What does God want us to do? How can we move forward together as the church so that we can be a vital part of the body of Christ, proclaiming God's love to any and all who need to hear? So our text says, they prayed. But then they cast lots. Then they cast lots. It seems such a strange thing to me to go to a random way to select somebody by casting lots. They nominate two, and then they cast lots. They, like, pick a card, any card, throw a die, seven wins. But that's what they do. I've always struggled with it. As I was working on it this week, though, I realized what's going on here. They have selected two, either one could fill the role. They've pre-qualified who's in the group. They've set out the criteria and said it has to be one who's walked with us all the way, who's been present all the time. So before they cast the lots, they know whichever one wins is going to be fine because either one can fill the role. They're both qualified. God just chose us Show us which one you choose. Recently, on one of these overcommitment things I'm into, I'm on a board of trustees for my seminary. I thought it would be a couple of meetings a year. Not so bad. Oh, well, there's those two meetings, and then they decided we needed quarterly meetings, and then they decided 
that the board needed to be more active in the running of the seminary. So we all got to be on a committee. So I have a meeting about every month. And then just recently, our president told us that he was done at the end of 2023. So now we're in the midst of a presidential search. And guess who's on a committee? <laughs> so we're in the meeting the other day. We've narrowed it down to three candidates. And one of the wise old gentlemen, longtime United Methodist leader in another state, said to the whole group of us as we were trying to discern which of the three shall we propose to the whole board and to the seminary. He said, you know what? We have three excellent candidates. All of them have the kind of leadership experiences we need. They're all well qualified. They've all demonstrated that they know how to do really good work within the church. So whichever one we choose... We'll be in good shape. They had pre-qualified, right? We had pre-qualified them through resumes and biographies and reference checks and looking at their experience and then interviews with lots of different groups, students and faculty, staff, administration, trustees. So now we're down to three. We could cast lots. Any one of them can do the job. We didn't cast lots. <laughs> we wanted to still be involved. So we voted on which one we want to be the number one choice. But you see, it's not so random when you are clear about your criteria. You've prayed through it as a group and you've looked at all the circumstances and then said, this group, this group, any one of them can do the job. Any one of them can fill the role. As United Methodists, all of us make a commitment when we join the church. We all say that we'll be here. We'll all say that we'll be participating faithfully through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. So if you're nominated to serve here, you're in the pre-qualified group because you're already a member. You've already said yes. You're faithfully ready to participate. You'll be ready when called upon, right? That's the commitment we make when we join. That we'll be faithful here. And the more fully able and willing we are to fill our role of prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, the stronger the church is, the more that God can do through us when we're willing to show up. May we all be devoted to prayer and serving God in Christ. We've got a leg up on a lot of people because we're here today. Thank you so much. But are we really devoted to prayer? Are we ready to serve? May we all be devoted to strengthening our local church family so that God can work through us in powerful and meaningful ways. Maybe, may we be ready to lead when called upon. May we be a witness, in short. This whole sermon series, we've been talking about, can I get a witness? Who will be a witness for the Lord? The choir just sang powerfully about that this morning. Are you ready to be a witness? The promise of the gospel is that God will lead us. 
and equip us as we go. Amen. And thanks be to God.